Bring it back. Here's what you've missed on the bright side. Should you be getting loud in front of your kids? That was something we asked you this morning in terms of fighting and arguing. And you know what? Happiness scientist Yosha En is in the studio. Good morning and welcome back, Sha En. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I'm sure you caught a little bit of that conversation on the yes. way in. What are your thoughts on that? You know, parents fighting in front of their kids. I mean, I heard that there are two camps, right? Yeah. And I think for me, I think it's how you fight. Mm. Often we think of fighting always as like uh, really loud shouting. But then, you know, I think it's okay to disagree mm. and even have different views on certain things i mean two people coming together you can't exactly be completely aligned yeah and so if you are fighting about something that you know i think it's important to show both perspectives then perhaps it's all right but if really i think if it's very bitter resentful and saying all kinds of horrible words right. maybe it's best not to do it in front of the kids yeah right. at least that's what i try to practice yeah. yeah but even then i mean you know some people chimed in and said you, you can't help it you try as much but then there will true. be moments where yes, you can yes. you, just, you just can't help it because you're so heated up it's true it's, it's true. a topic that's quite triggering or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but you know, I grew up and my parents were fighting all the time and yeah. it was quite painful as a child because when you're small, you don't quite understand. You think that um, you you are the one who caused them to fight. At mm. least that was, the, that was what I thought. And that can be quite distressing if you're a young child because you don't quite know, understand what is actually happening. Yeah. Because sometimes the content of what you're fighting about may be quite complex, for example. Correct. Right? And so, I don't know, if I look back, I would say I wish that they fought about all these very distressing matters in private, mm. but then be able to still come and let us know what that was all about. Yeah, I think like having that down. resolution yeah. would have been helpful to say, like, you know, we were fighting just now. I uh, hope it, it didn't make you feel too distressed. It's not about you. Mm. You know, there are things that we need to work mm-hmm. through and things like that. And so... I think having the best of both worlds maybe to me is the middle ground. Do you think this would affect different children differently? Because some kids might be highly sensitive right, or empaths yeah. and they don't process the negativity very well. Mm, true, true. You're talking about me, Carol. Mm. Yeah, I'm a highly sensitive person and I was very empathetic and so I absorbed a lot of the emotions. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, But I also think that that part where you talk to your children about what fighting means can also be a great learning point for them. That fighting isn't always bad. Fighting sometimes means that you don't see eye to eye. And just because you don't see eye to eye doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad. I mean, we live in a world that's so diverse now. If we're unable to even tolerate some kind of answer that's different, then that's also not going to be really helpful for them as they're navigating the world in the future. Thank you so much for that. Very enlightening, Sha'an. You should come in earlier. (laughs) 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 Anywho, today we're on the topic of failure. Yes, because uh, recently on the 13th of October, it was the International Day of Failure. Does this mean you can only fail on that day? Who knows, right? (laughs) But why is it important to fail? I think failure has a bad rap, you know. It's like when we fail, it feels so awful. When we fail, it's like you didn't succeed. And we all want to win. Like, who doesn't feel good about winning and and hitting your goals? But failure teaches us a lot of things. I mean, when we were growing up, we failed almost every day, didn't we? Hmm. Like, you know, and our parents did too. Like, trying to feed us, right? You know, (laughs) aim for the mouth, but hit the nose. Aim for the mouth, hit the cheek. And then failure teaches us that, you know, we can make mistakes and it's okay and we grow and we can stand up again and we can continue and it makes us stronger in some way because we realise that after failing, we learn something, right? And because we learn something and we applied it, we actually got better at that something. I mean, just like riding a bike. Uh, the reason why we fell off is maybe we didn't put our foot on the pedal in time. We didn't put on our foot. Mm. And when we learned that, then we got back on the bike and we were able to ride it. So we mastered something. Yeah. So I think failure is really important for mastery yeah. and growth. It's a... Uh 
cool that you said that because I read somewhere a quote that says uh, there is no success without failure. Right. It is part and parcel of the process. You can't divorce the two. True, true. Oh. Yeah, but I think what people struggle with is does it mean I need to go and intentionally put myself in failure's way? Mm. Right? Ah. And people, and, and often because we have black and white thinking that it's either or. Yeah. But I think the mindset should be if failure comes and we make mistakes, let us not be too hard on ourselves but recognize that in that moment, yes, mm. of course it feels really bad. But there's something in there that maybe we can take away. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe not always. Maybe the lessons doesn't come immediately. Yeah. And it comes like five years down the road, right? I mean, yeah. for some of us, we're like, oh, so that was what that was all about. <laughs> you know? True. True. Yeah. But I think going in thinking that it's it's not always that bad. It's, it doesn't have to live up to its reputation. Yeah. Can actually feel a little bit more like okay, well, this doesn't this doesn't have to be the end of my world. Mm. Mm. I love that. That's really, really so important. So much perspective, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, some people have a very fatalistic mindset and then it's yeah. like, I fail and hence, therefore, it is the end, the exactly. be all and the end all. I mean, I see, I work with a lot of schools and the teachers do tell me that with students, sometimes they have this like, oh, if I failed in this test, then it's the end of my world. Oh, mm. dear. Yeah, oh, and, dear. and so sometimes it's about letting them know that this is one test in the grand scheme of everything you're going to be going through. You it know? must be especially hard for people who are perfectionists. Yes. You want to get everything right, maybe you're slightly OCD as well it just has mm. to be right all the time and when it's not it's like oh poof, that's yeah, it it, it's, it links so much to your self-worth you see failure uh, to people can be detrimental I mean to them it's like an attack on my self-worth if I fail it means that I am not good enough but mm. actually if you fail it's because it could be so many reasons yeah. the task could be just way beyond your your it capability was raining, yeah, yeah yeah I mean there's so many reasons <laughs> right <laughs> yeah Alun is asking, how can we keep it away when the memory of the failure occurs every night before sleeping? Mm, oh, wow. Wow, that, first of all, I'll say that must be really difficult to experience. But the thought of keeping it away can sometimes be counter to your growth and learning. Ah. You see, when we keep it away, we don't learn to understand it. And if we don't learn to understand it, it's going to keep coming back mm. because it is stored somewhere either in your memory in your mental state or even sometimes in your body. Yeah. You know, sometimes we talk about failure as this sinking feeling. Mm. Where do you feel it? Sometimes right at the bottom of our gut. Or it feels like we've been punched. So yes. the reason why it comes back is that sometimes emotions and memories are stored in our body and not just our mental right, state. Right. Yeah, so what, what you can do is to lean in gently. I would say be gentle and kind with yourself. And you can bring the memory back um, and just say, oh, you know, what was that all about? What was that emotion trying to tell me? And of course, if it gets overwhelming, I would suggest maybe in something that if it's recurring every night to process with a therapist mm. or a counsellor mm. who can really hold that space for you. But sometimes when I have like anxiety, for example, I would pause and ask myself, well, where is that coming from? Yep. Where do I feel it right now? What is it reminding me of? Gentle questions like that just to explore. You know, it doesn't mean you have to go back 30 years and unearth all the triggers. And it could have been 30 years ago where it started. Sure. But we're not always conscious about it. Mm. Yeah, but in those moments, that's what you can do. Take a deep breath, remind yourself. Sometimes I tell myself, you know, may I be well, may I be kind, oh, may I be gentle. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And nice. sometimes even just coming to terms with that, that we don't need to beat ourselves up about it, mm. can be quite comforting and allow us to then go back to 
a bit more of a baseline state to fall asleep. I love that. It's a wonderful reminder to be compassionate to ourselves. I think because sometimes we beat ourselves up a lot. Like, you know, why am I feeling angry? Why am I feeling anxious? And then you start to like, what's wrong with me? You start to self-introspect a lot and then pour more blame on yourself when actually, you know, there are so many layers and things to consider. Yeah. Mm. But you know, our nervous system, I won't go into the too nerdy part, but there's a part that accelerates, which is the the flight mode, which is why you say, I want to push it away. Mm. It accelerates. So just think about a car. When you're stepping on the pedal, you go very fast. And that's why you feel anxious, like, right? But then there's also the brake mode, which is the other side, which is freezing. Mm -hmm. And we need both for our nervous system to be regulated. So when we're feeling that tension, it's our accelerator going, whee! So now we need to learn how to break. Most of us don't know. And that's why we're on overdrive. That's why you can't sleep. Right? I think Gurmit here has actually pointed out something. You have uh, pointed out that the problem with failing is the conditioning yeah. uh, we have about the repercussions of failure. Right? True, and true. if we are told like failing is a test, it means we're not good enough. Mm. If it's a punishment, that there will be a punishment. And it's possibly a key driver towards being perfect, which is what you have mentioned true, before. True, yes. The response from the environment around you, particularly as you are growing up, um, can make a huge difference into what's your mindset surrounding failure, right? If it was like, oh, you did badly and, oh, you're, you know, you, 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 you are a failure. Some people actually say that to you mm. or say that it's, it's, that's the end of you, you know? It's yeah. like it's a limit. And yeah. then therefore, that's when we started having this thing called limiting beliefs. We started to Ooh. place these limits because of the nurture effect maybe not so much of the nature effect. Okay. And so if we hear that repeatedly, then of course it's going to become a pattern, right? Yes. It's going to become a pattern that we repeat subconsciously. So it's true, yeah. So I think as parents, right, or adults in, in teens' life, or, you know, we work with young people, I think it's important for us to be mindful. Like, you know, when they make a mistake, we say, you know, mistakes are part and parcel of learning, Right, and we comfort them and we offer them that compassionate voice which they may not know how to offer to themselves. Ah. Yeah, and then maybe later when they've calmed down and we'll say, Hey no, so what what did you what are you getting out of this? What did you learn from it? Mm. Okay. You know. I'm definitely gonna try that with my kids for <laughs> sure. World Failure Day was on the 13th of October mm. and you know what Sean you've got some surprising facts about failure things we, we can learn. Yeah, you know when we fail we think of ourselves as less worthy. And what if we flipped it the other way? When we fail, we think of ourselves as, you know, we are growing and growing, getting better versions of ourselves. You know, I think it's something that we can reframe, right? Um, The other one is, you know, even failing once can make us fear failure. Yes. Yeah, because failure, it's like, it's like a threat in our life and our, our brain is on the lookout. We have a threat detector in our brain that says, Threat, 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 threat. And so ah. if we fail once, we can even begin with that one thing to start fearing failure. I'm sure it benefited the cavemen a lot, you know, yes, back of in course. the day. They survived because <laughs> yeah, of that predator. threat detector. <laughs> yeah. Do not poke the cat. <laughs> yeah. Big cat. A saber tooth tiger. Yeah. yeah. And then the last one is, you know, sometimes we self-sabotage when yes. it comes to failure. You know, we, we failed mm. once and then we tell ourselves, oh, I'm a failure. And therefore, I'm not going to try this new thing. Even though some voice inside saying, go for it, give it a try. What's the worst that could happen? But then we believe the worst has already happened. Okay. And this is a thought called catastrophizing thoughts. Mm. Meaning that we start to think only of the worst case scenario without realizing that there could be best case scenarios. Yeah, right? so true Like going that. for an interview, we think like, I'm not going to get the job, die. Then imagine if you're going in with that mindset, then... 
it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy because yeah. you already thought you're going to fail anyway. You bring up a good point because yeah. we personalize that failure. It becomes very me-focused. Yeah, like it's I, like I, yeah. right? Rather than what I did was a mistake. Mm. And that's objective, being more objective outside yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, when you think of what could be the best case scenarios, and I do this with my participants and they laugh like crazy because like, <laughs> say go for the job interview and someone offers you the CEO position and then we all laugh, right? Mm. But then it makes them realise that, hey, it, the odds of either one happening are actually almost the same. Yeah. But why mm. do we only focus on the stuff that's that's, that's negative, mm, you that's see, and then we have a more balanced view. After One thing that. that also gave me perspective was you're not having a bad life; you're having a bad day. Mm. Yeah, you know, when confronted with failure or a bad moment. Yeah, or a bad period. Yeah. and we all go through difficult periods. True, I mean, that. let's be fair. Mm. Yeah, but you know, it doesn't mean it has to be the story and narrative of your whole life. Mm. True. Yeah. Very yeah. good point. Very good point. <laughs> and finally, what are three things people can remember when confronted with failure? Mm. Number one, failure is not. A bad thing Failure helps us to grow um, When we are Confronted with failure Take a deep breath And just be kind And gentle to yourself Because every single One of us fails I know I do Every single day So it's not a unique Experience to you And we don't have to be perfect And then the next one is You know Why not spend some time Trying to understand What that was all about You know Where did that come from And maybe you'll realise It's not just about you It could be From elsewhere The environment It could be steps that Maybe you didn't notice, could have had a bad night's sleep and not be able to see certain things. So um, it's okay to find a balanced view. Not blame everything around you, but put it in perspective. The Bright Side with Carol and Lavinia. Every weekday morning, 6 to 10 a.m. on 1FM 91.3.